we vibe over what we love and vibe over what we hate maybe more and share struggles that we rose above Welcome to episode one of We Were So Happy, Microaggressions and Where They Happen. I'm Nicole Young, and if you haven't had a chance to yet, take a listen to the intro podcast, which kind of gives a framework for what microaggressions are, why I think it's important for them to be discussed, and the goals and the aims of this particular podcast. Every episode, we are taking a contextualized story of a microaggression that has happened to a person of color and breaking it all the way down. And throughout the series, I hope to have many of my friends pop on and tell you their own stories. But this is a window into frustrations that some of you who are listening have faced in your own lives. Um, And for some of you, things that you have never even realized that you were saying to someone else. And so hopefully we can pull the curtain back a little bit on microaggressions. So this first story of episode one um, comes from me (laughs) and my very first summer living here in New Orleans. I came to New Orleans in 2013, the summer after I graduated from grad school. And if any of you have been to New Orleans in the summertime, first of all, God bless you. Um, And second of all, you know that it is hot as hell, hot as hell um, in those terrible summer months. So May, June, July was when I was here in 2013 and it was crazy. And While New Orleans is definitely filled with beautiful people and music and culture, it is also, at least in the summertime, filled with huge bugs. Um, The more sedity among us like to refer to them as palmetto bugs, um, and I like to refer to them as big old giant roaches, uh, and they're pretty gross. So the first place that I ever lived in in New Orleans, um, I lived with two other grad students, and one of them was white, and she and I shared a bathroom, and our house was pretty much overrun with these gigantic bugs. Uh, So much so that on my very first night sleeping in that house, I didn't even turn off the lights because I was terrified um, that they would come out in the dark. So I slept with the lights on um, in this little shotgun in New Orleans. Uh, Anyway, so one morning, this story is really emblazoned in my mind because one morning I woke up and I went into the bathroom and I opened up the, um, the shower and a giant roach was in the shower and I screamed bloody murder and my roommate comes into the bathroom, this white woman in the bathroom that we shared and um, we both go, it's like a comedy of errors as we try to murder this, this uh, roach and get back to life and after we've killed it, we're standing in the bathroom and I say to her, you know, I'm going tonight to get bug spray, to get raid, to get any kind of poison that will get these creatures out of our house and she says to me yeah they're so terrible and I'm like and I say to her yes I'm afraid of them and this this is the moment where that I remember so clearly she looked at me and she said yes but I didn't grow up with them and I remember pausing and saying I didn't grow up with them either Um, and walking out of the bathroom and going about my life for that day. But that moment has stuck with me for a really long time because the implication of I didn't grow up with them, them being the roaches, is that the person that you were speaking with did grow up with roaches. Um, And it was so outrageous that I didn't even know how to respond. 
And I remember for days after that, wanting to go back and say something to her and wanting to tell her that I didn't grow up with roaches and that um, I'd grown up in a really clean house. I kept thinking of all these ways that I was going to approach her to say how wrong I thought that the conversation was. Um, And I never did. I never did because I remember feeling that if I actually approached her, she would have said, oh, you were being too sensitive and you were da 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 And so, of course, there is a lot wrong with that statement. The first piece being that black people or brown people are automatically more accustomed to poverty and or uncleanliness, right? And so, of course, she didn't say I didn't grow up poor in that statement, but I do believe that it was the underlying intent of the thing that she said. I didn't grow up with roaches. I didn't grow up like you. I didn't grow up what I assume you grew up in a poor, unclean place, right? Um, and so the assumption of all black people having known or be been in contact with poverty is debunked by a lot of statistics and, and information about where and how black people break down socioeconomically, but also the assumption that poverty or blackness somehow equals uncleanness is also the piece that I wrestled with in those weeks following that statement when I was trying to decide whether or not I was going to say something to her, was this inherent belief that my background, the place that I had come from, and my home was unclean. The second part of the thing that she was saying that was problematic for me, was this assumption that me, as a black person, that I was more comfortable with discomfort, that I would be fine if I was facing this kind of discomfort, whereas she, a white woman from Connecticut um, who didn't grow up this way, would be much more unnerved by the same discomfort. And there has been a lot of research over the years about people's perceptions of pain and the pain of other people based on their race. So there was a really great study in 2016 by the University of Virginia in which medical students over and over again rated the pain of their black patients as less than that of their white patients. They thought that their black patients, number one, uh, felt less pain, could endure more pain, um, and were misreporting the pain that they said that they were feeling. And I talk about that study a lot when I talk to people about race because for me, it's an indication of how we as black people are engaged throughout society. People just believe that I'm used to pain, I'm used to discomfort, I mean, I'm totally fine if things are not going right um, and that I'm somehow more used to it, I'm more equipped for it. And I think in a lot of places, I deserve that kind of pain or treatment um, or in this case, uncleanliness um, and, and squalor in my home. And that moment, as so often is the case with microaggressions, was a missed opportunity. My roommate and I could have just commiserated about this terrible thing that we were both experiencing and then gone about our day. But instead, in that moment, she chose to other me. And and by doing that, it made me question her view of me for that day and for days to come. And so if there was greater context, as sometimes people say there there is, she never provided it. And so I was left to infer meaning from what she said to me. And what she said was pretty disparaging and concerning and frustrating. 
So I hope you enjoyed this first episode of We Were So Happy, Microaggressions and Where They Happened. And I hope that you'll join us for the next installment. If you have a microaggression that you want to share that has happened to you, please post in the comments. If you have questions, feel free to post in the comments. Um, We want to hear from you. And thanks for listening. We Were So Happy, Microaggressions and Where They Happen is made possible by lots of wonderful contributors and friends, including music performed by Lion Soul featuring Manchild and produced by Young Focus.